Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. We are deep into the winter season, and sometimes in the winter, it can feel like everything is a little gloomy with dark days and cool weather, including the grocery store. But I want to help you to brighten up your plates even in the dead of winter. Welcome to the In Season series, where I take you through what's in season and help you to incorporate these flavors into your everyday meals. So grab your notebook and let's dive in. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort? let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible by simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way, without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life Healthy Mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. I'm Chris, your host and a former professional chef turned podcaster and recipe developer. And I am super excited about the second installment in this series. I started this series back in the fall of 2022. I'm excited to bring you part two. And my goal is to bring you a new in-season episode each season this year to give you some inspiration on cooking and eating in in season. So why does cooking in season matter? Well, first and foremost, many of you know that I am huge on talking about eating well and spending less, eating healthy on a budget, and cooking in season can be very budget-friendly. It's not always super budget-friendly to shop at the farmer's markets. It can be a little more expensive, though in my opinion, it's oftentimes worth it for the slightly higher price of produce we can save in other areas, but it's totally up to you. We definitely do a mix 
of market as well as the grocery store just for our budget. But it is budget friendly to choose ingredients at the grocery store that are in season. You will oftentimes see stores like Trader Joe's or Aldi or even your local grocery store highlighting either local foods or in season foods because these are the ones that are typically on sale because there is more of an abundance. And when there's more of an abundance of something, when it's more available and more people buy it, it is less expensive. So first and foremost, it's budget friendly. Second of all, it's better for the environment, especially cooking and eating. Well, I guess you're pretty much always cooking locally, but eating locally is better for the environment. The least amount the produce needs to travel the less emissions, and it's better for our local economy as well. And as humans, we naturally live in seasons, and I think we tend to crave seasonal foods. So why shouldn't we shift our cooking towards the seasons? I think sometimes we just don't know what to do with some of these seasonal ingredients. So I'm going to share with you, to the best of my own knowledge as a chef and the things that I love, what to do with a lot of these in-season ingredients. And the cool thing, like I shared in the last in-season episode about eating seasonally, is that oftentimes seasonal ingredients just naturally pair really well together. So when you know what the seasonal ingredients are, you can pretty much bet that they will likely be really delicious together. So I will share with you some produce items that are in season. I will share some different cooking methods that work well for these in-season foods. I'll share how to use many of these in-season ingredients. We will talk about some of my favorite flavor combinations in the wintertime and more. But before I dive into those specifics, it is important to know what is in season for you because what's in season for you might be different than what's in season for me. Every area has a different growing season. We actually moved to Florida at the end of last year, so our growing season is much different than the growing season in Rhode Island, where I grew up, which is also slightly different than the growing season in Ontario, where we lived for five years. So our growing season is actually now, October through May. So tomatoes and strawberries are coming into season now, they'll be pretty much gone for the most part by the time they come to my family in Rhode Island. And when I say come to, it means the vegetables start to and fruit start to grow. So it's important to research what's in season in your area if you are looking to cook more locally. Um, but it's also any of the ingredients that I share with you are in season somewhere close by, close-ish by in the northern hemisphere in the wintertime, so they'll still likely be a little bit less expensive and a little bit more accessible for the most part. Of course, every year is a little bit different, so what is actually available, how the crops are doing, is going to be different every year, so don't take my word for every single one of these ingredients being in the grocery store when you want them. But in general, these are in-season foods. A really great resource for finding out what foods are in-season in your area, other than going to your local farmer's market, is seasonalfoodguide.org. I will link that in the show notes. But again, even if it's not grown in your immediate area, if it's in-season, that means you can get it more readily and more budget-friendly for the most part this time of the year. So what is in-season in the wintertime? Starting with beans. Beets. beets are in season most of the year, depending on where you are. You can get them most of the year, but they are in season in the winter time. 
broccoli is coming into its peak in about February or so. Brussels sprouts are coming out of their peak, but they're still typically available in the wintertime. Cabbage is in season in the winter. Carrots, cauliflower, any of your cruciferous vegetables. Celery, collards, and chard. So those deep leafy greens. Kale is also in season. Citrus fruits are in season in the wintertime, typically in more warmer climates, but you can get them more readily. So your lemons and your limes, your grapefruit, your pomelo, your blood oranges, your mandarins, your clementines, your tangelos. I could just list citrus fruits for half an hour. We love citrus. We love using citrus in our house. Leeks are in season, one of the most underutilized vegetables in my opinion. Onions, parsnips, potatoes, rutabaga, which admittedly I don't use very much. Sweet potatoes, turnips, also don't use very much. Winter squash, lots of varieties of winter squash. When each one is at its peak is a little bit different, but in general, winter squash. So your acorn squash and your butternut squash, spaghetti squash, your kabocha squash, delicata squash, any of those winter squash are in season, as well as many wild mushrooms. In the wintertime, most often our food preparations, depending on where we are in the world, for but for the most part, it's about warming us up from the inside out. So we tend to focus on heartier preparations, and this actually works really well for a lot of the types of dishes that go well with the vegetables I just mentioned. Lots of roasting, braising. This can be done in the oven or in the slow cooker. Baking and pan searing tend to be the cooking methods we lean towards in the winter. So what are some of my favorite ways to prepare the produce that I mentioned? Well, like I mentioned, beets are often a year-round vegetable as they're pretty hardy, but I like them particularly in winter and spring. Some people feel like beets have an earthy flavor, which they do, but they also have a really incredible natural sweetness. We can actually get sugar from beets. Beet sugar is something that's sold. And so they're really, they go really well paired with a lot of winter flavors, especially sweet potato or carrots in a roasted winter salad, even just roast up on their own with any sort of of honey mustard or maple mustard dressing is really delicious. They're really good paired with chives or mint as a garnish as well to brighten them up, and they pair really well with citrus fruits. I love beet and citrus together on a salad. They also pair well with walnuts and pistachios as a crunchy, salty offset to their earthy sweet flavor, of course, if they're salted nuts. If not, a little bit of salt goes a long way. There are also really delicious steamed and used in smoothies. If you are into smoothies in the winter like I am, I'm into smoothies all year round. And in beet hummus. I love beet hummus. Broccoli. The cruciferi rule in the wintertime. Did you know that broccoli is in its peak in February? We typically get broccoli year round in the U.S. at least. But broccoli is actually in its peak in the wintertime. Roasted broccoli is a family favorite of ours. We roast up broccoli every single week. It roasts up really fast. We also love it as broccoli cheddar soup. Do not waste those stems. They are sweet and delicious. You can also use those in smoothies. Of course, it's great as a part of recipes as well. I have a beef and broccoli recipe in my budget dinners guide, and there is a delicious roasted broccoli sausage and arecchiate pasta in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club that is so good. That is a go-to in 
our family. Broccoli pairs really well with lemon zest and salty cheeses like Parmesan and feta, like in my roasted broccoli with lemon, feta, and hot honey, which is a favorite side in our house. I have it as a Thanksgiving recipe on my website. I will link any of the recipes that I mentioned that are mine. The kids usually leave out the hot honey, but I love the juxtaposition of the sweet and the spicy with the feta and the lemon. Oh, it's so good. And of course, with an abundance of broccoli also comes everything broccoli cheddar. I love broccoli cheddar egg cups. There's a really delicious broccoli cheddar pasta recipe as well in the Cooking Club Winter Family Meal Plan. But really, I feel like you can't go wrong with broccoli roasted on a bowl or on the side of chicken, roast chicken. It's absolutely delicious. Brussels sprouts. I feel like people have a love-hate relationship with Brussels sprouts. Personally, I love Brussels sprouts, but a lot of people find them bitter. And can I tell you a crazy fact that I learned? Actually, I won't call it a fact because I don't know the exact fact, um, but I will tell you something that I learned from my best friend, Eric. He's actually been on the podcast. He knows a ton about history and a ton about just random facts. He's really good at trivia. It's one of our favorite things to do together is go to trivia. So he told me that broccoli has been bred since the 90s to be, not broccoli, sorry, Brussels sprouts has been bred since the 90s to be less bitter. So it's actually less bitter than, or they are less bitter than they used to be. But In any case, Brussels sprouts are starting to come out of season in January, but they're still typically available and they're delicious. Much like broccoli, my favorite way is simply roasted with some garlic, cumin, and smoked paprika. I love a smokiness on Brussels sprouts. If you do find them bitter, tossing them with a a small amount of maple syrup or honey can counteract that bitterness as well. They also pair really well with blue cheese. I love shredded Brussels sprouts on top of homemade flatbread or pizza with that blue cheese. Little drizzle of honey or hot honey. So good. They're also really good roasted with some um, garlicky breadcrumbs on top, maybe some shaved Parmesan or mustard, bacon, and pancetta. So I like doing a grainy mustard, a little bit of honey again, counter that sweetness, counteracts the bitterness, tossed with some chopped um, cooked bacon or pancetta is my favorite. Toss you can toss that together, either roasted or pan seared or pan sauteed. Really tasty. If you're gonna pan saute Brussels sprouts, make sure you're having or quartering them. If they're big, you really want to make sure they're cooked through, otherwise they'll be super bitter. I love using cider vinegar for an acid pairing. A little splash of acid goes a long way if you're not using mustard. Acid and sweetness will counteract some of that bitterness. Honestly, you can't go wrong with Brussels sprouts that are roasted with that garlic, cumin, and paprika I mentioned. Tossed with some bacon and a splash of apple cider vinegar to round it out. So good. All right, let's talk carrots. The humble carrots, one of the most inexpensive vegetables. Carrots are readily available and so versatile. I always have carrots on hand for soups and stews, but I also love them roasted. I love them roasted alone or in a roasted vegetable medley. In my one pan rosemary garlic chicken with cinnamon honey roasted root vegetables is one of my favorite ways to eat carrots. I also love them in any Moroccan presentations. There is a sheet pan chickpeas and Moroccan vegetables in the cooking club that I really enjoy. And that's been one that we've made over and over again as a family. It's very inexpensive. 
it's a vegetarian recipe and it's got a lot of those warming flavors but lots of vegetables you also toss it with some red onions and some sweet potatoes and some broccoli as well so that's a really good one for the winter time I also have a recipe for maple thyme carrots on the blog. One way I love to prepare them that I don't think is used enough is quick pickled carrots. I will serve quick pickled carrots on any Korean or Vietnamese-inspired bowl. There's a ginger pork bowl in the cooking club that's really good. That one I plan on putting up on the website as well, either late January or early February, whenever I get to it. Life's been a little crazy. I just like to grate them up. You can use your food processor to grate them, or you can use a a hand grater. And I toss them with a little bit of rice vinegar, a pinch of salt, a pinch of sugar, and a splash of fish sauce, which is optional, but it's really good. Carrots pair, pair really well with warming spices, so cinnamon, cumin, coriander, ginger, as well as honey and maple syrup, which will bring out some of their natural sweetness, but they're not bitter unless you leave the peel on, like Brussels sprouts are, so you don't need a ton. They also pair really well with fresh herbs like parsley, thyme, mint, and tarragon. Cauliflower. I feel like cauliflower had its moment and now people are so sick of it. But can we please bring back cauliflower that's not trying to be pizza? I love it simply roasted with some garlic powder. It really pairs well with garlic whenever I cook it up to do a cauliflower mash. Okay, immediately I know some of you are going to be like, I thought we weren't using cauliflower like pizza. Why are we using it to replace potatoes? You guys, I like cauliflower mash in and of itself, whether or not I also eat potatoes, which I do. We eat both. Um, I actually love potatoes now. I used to be sensitive to them. I used to have a food sensitivity. And so I did use cauliflower mash in place of potatoes for a while there, but it's not the same. If you want potatoes, eat potatoes. If you want cauliflower, eat cauliflower. Um, So I love roasted garlic with a cauliflower mash. Mm, So good. So it pairs really well with garlic or garam masala as well, which is an Indian spice blend. It's a warming spice blend. Ras El Hanu is also a similar spice blend. It's a Middle Eastern spice blend. And I know I'm not pronouncing those correctly, but um, I'm doing my best. And so those are also really delicious. Cauliflower is pretty simple, which is why it can be turned into all of these random things um <laughs> because they're not random but it it tries to be a lot of things that are not cauliflower which is fine if you like those type of recipes then you eat those type of recipes but for the most part I want to embrace food as it is as well. So I have a delicious cauliflower bake on my website. It's um a garlic parmesan cauliflower bake. It was also from Thanksgiving because we were coming into the winter time, these vegetables, a lot of these are similar in the fall as they are in the winter time. So that one I'll link. That one's really delicious as a side. Makes quite a bit, so it's good for leftovers. It's It also freezes well. I froze half of it last time I made it because I have to make things like three times to put on the website or the cooking club. So uh, we had that reheated and it was delicious as well. I also really love it on top of shepherd's pie in place of potatoes as a cauliflower mash. That recipe is on my website. And probably my most favorite recent recipe using uh, cauliflower is my buffalo cauliflower tostadas drizzled with some homemade ranch. Oh, so good. Really simple, really delicious. They use chickpeas, so there's some protein in there as well. It's another great plant-based recipe. I shouldn't say plant-based. Lots of plants, but they the ranch does have dairy in it, so 
They also have butter. So you can use vegan butter and a vegan ranch on top if you want to make them totally plant-based. But they are really delicious and very easy to accommodate different um, dietary preferences. So those are some of my favorite ways to eat cauliflower. Oh, and I cannot forget... In the cooking club, I have a roasted cauliflower tikka masala recipe and my cauliflower mac and cheese. My kids love this, you guys. I use bonza pasta, which is chickpea pasta. So again, there's a little bit of protein there, a really simple cheese sauce, and cauliflower chopped up really small and cooked with the pasta. Kids have no idea. Well, my oldest knows that there's cauliflower in there. My youngest one just doesn't ask, and she has no idea, and she loves it. So that is one that we really enjoy, and that's also in the Budget Kitchen Dinners book as well as the Cooking Club. All right, let's talk cabbage because I think cabbage is so underrated. I love cabbage. It's really inexpensive and very versatile. I like it raw. I like it. I like it cooked. Raw cabbage is my go-to, either green or red in any tacos. My honey lime slaw is a favorite way to bring some freshness to fall and winter tacos. I like to saute it alone, or I like to saute it up with some sausage. There's a kielbasa and cabbage saute, as well as a cabbage roll soup in the cooking club. They were both really perfect for the cool winter months and easy, which is always good. But sauteed cabbage is great with apples. I will use it raw in salads as well, chopped up really, really finely, of course. But cabbage is a great inexpensive vegetable. It pairs really well with many of the other ingredients I've shared. It pairs really well with bacon. It pairs really well with apples and apple cider vinegar, with mustard, with maple, and with honey. Because it's a cruciferous vegetable, it's a little bit bitter, so it needs the offset of a little bit of acid and a little bit of sweetness, and it is delicious. Celery. All right, you all. I will admit, I am not a huge celery fan. I like a lot of vegetables. I'm a huge veg head, (laughs) but not so much celery. It has its place in soups and stews, and I will use it lovingly for mirepoix for soup, stew, and broth. I'll use it in my uh, pasta sauces, but I'm not a huge raw celery fan, so you probably won't see me making a raw celery salad. Though, Never say never. But it is a winter staple. Celery has a natural saltiness to it, so it adds some seasoning to your soups and stews. So it's definitely something to keep on hand in the wintertime, if only to have it dipped in blue cheese dressing on the side of your wings or buffalo cauliflower. You know what I'm saying? All right. Chard. Chard is a delicious, hearty green, but Like many of the other dark leafy greens, it can be a little bit bitter. So chard and collards pair well with salty and acidic companions, which counteracts that bitterness. So they pair really well with bacon, with anchovies. Yes, don't knock it till you try it. They're also really good simply sautéed with some lemon juice or red wine vinegar, garlic, and red pepper flakes if you like it a little bit spicy. You can also sauté up some pancetta before you add them into the pan cook in the little bit of fat from the pancetta. Pancetta is Italian bacon, and it usually comes in cubes. And oh my gosh, it's really, it's really tasty with chard or collards. Probably my favorite way to eat them. And I should mention they're also good in soups and stews added in at the end, just like you would kale. They're a good alternative for kale. Citrus fruit. There's a lot to say about citrus in the wintertime, but the, the first thing I'll say is don't sleep on the winter citrus. It is the best in the winter. Lemon zest brightens up any dish. So does orange zest and lime zest. And it really gives that citrus flavor. 
The juice of citrus is a wonderful finisher for soups, things like lemon and lime. It's perfect for salad dressings whenever you need that touch of acid or a little bit of sweetness in the case of oranges. Acid, like salt, when used right, will enhance flavors. It'll add some brightness to a dish. We know that citrus pairs really perfectly with fish. Any Mediterranean cuisine, I have a Greek marinated chicken on the website that's really, really tasty. Lime is great in a lime crema on fish tacos. Or I mentioned that honey lime slaw with that cabbage really brightens up tacos in the wintertime. Orange pairs really well with a lot as well. I love orange zest in everything. I have an orange chicken piccata in the cooking club. And let's bring breakfast back into the mix. My cranberry orange breakfast cookies are a staple in our house in the wintertime. That recipe is on the website, so definitely check that one out as well. So citrus is used really great in zest for that really bright citrus flavor and it's also a really good finisher when it comes to the juice or it adds a little bit of sweetness in the case of the sweeter citrus like um like oranges or grapefruit as well my favorite way to eat grapefruits is plain just i love to snack on grapefruits or in a paloma if you know you know kale all right We all love kale, right? Do we all love kale at this point? In the winter, we tend to just eat it sauteed up really quickly in some avocado oil with some garlic that I've popped in just before I add the kale. You don't want it to go brown. We also love a really good kale Caesar when romaine isn't in season. We use it often, chopped finely into soups and stews like my sweet potato kale and beef stew. That recipe is on the website as well as my butternut squash chickpea and kale coconut curry also on the website or my sweet potato sausage and kale soup. It pairs really well with sweet as well as salty and smoky. So if you want to up-level your sautéed kale, sauté some pancetta first, season with garlic powder and smoked paprika for that smoky feel, very similar to the collards I mentioned as well, and then finish with some red pepper flakes for a little bit of spice but it's also delicious with some sweetness. So I have a quinoa, kale, and spiced chickpea salad on my website that's really tasty and great in the wintertime. So I will link that one too. Kale is also delicious in pasta, either in an oil-based pasta sauce, and there's also a creamy kale parmesan pasta recipe in the cooking club that's really tasty as well. I should mention kale is also really inexpensive, so it's a great vegetable to keep around. Leeks. Leeks are not used often enough, in my opinion. They are a must in chicken noodle soup. They add such a depth to any chicken soup. That recipe is on my website. You can leave the noodles out if you just want it to be chicken soup. They're delicious in potato leek soup with crumbled, you guessed it, bacon is having its moment in in fall and winter. If you eat bacon, it's delicious in the fall and the winter. It's also really good with some garlicky croutons on top. Leeks pair really well with mushrooms in a leek and mushroom pasta. They're really great with seafood if you do a leek fish on papillot. So that is, again, my accent is terrible. But if you add your white fish, typically, but salmon works as well into some parchment paper, drizzle with, I like to drizzle it with a little bit of oil, add your aromatics to the top, so leeks, lemon, garlic, and then top with a pat of butter, and you pop that in the oven for about 12 to 15 minutes, very quick, at a a higher heat, like 400 degrees, it steams the fish, and it's so tasty with those aromatics. Um, You can eat them as well, the aromatics, I mean. 
obviously you're going to eat the fish. And also in a bula base as well, which is a fish stew. Another one I feel like is very underutilized are parsnips. Parsnips are hearty and starchy. They're a really good stand-in for potatoes in soups and stews or alongside. They're also really great sweet or savory. I love roasted parsnips tossed with some oil, garlic, and thyme and roasted into fries or wedges. They pair, re- they pair really well in a roasted vegetable medley like the one I mentioned with the carrots um, and the chicken, the rosemary chicken with the cinnamon honey roasted root vegetables. They pair really well with any other roasted root vegetables since they're a little bit less sweet than carrots or sweet potatoes, but not a whole ton. They have a really great texture. They look kind of like a white carrot if you've never used them before. Surprisingly, their favorite spice is nutmeg. Parsnips and nutmeg is a really delicious combination, so definitely try that one out. And then I already mentioned potatoes. So potatoes, the humble potato. Can I admit something? I didn't start loving potatoes until this year. In my defense, I had the potato sensitivity I mentioned, which seems like a fake thing, but it's not. It came up in blood tests, and it took me years to for my body to be able to eat potatoes. They made me sleepy. It was a whole thing. Thankfully, I'm okay now. After years without them, I retried them, and I've fallen back in love with them. They're such a great starch option, and I think my old diet culture self used to think that potatoes were bad because they were so... I think there was this rumor that potatoes weren't nutrient-dense, and whereas they are mostly starch... They're a great starch option, and they are actually very nutrient-dense, especially the peel. The peel is packed with minerals. Potatoes are delicious in soups and stews and curries alongside roasts. I love my garlic chive instant instant pot mashed potatoes. That recipe is on my website. My favorite way to bake them, and baked is not my favorite way to eat potatoes. Roasted is. Well, okay, let's be real. Truffle french fries are my favorite way to eat potatoes. But (laughs) other than that, baked English jacket style is really is my favorite way to eat them baked. I don't have a recipe on the website yet. It'll be on the on the website eventually, but you can look, you can Google it. You're basically roasting them at a really high heat for a long time. And then you slice the top open. And so it kind of it you have that crispy potato skin on the outside and that creamy inside to die for. So good. Um, so baked potatoes are a great option. They're a really good base meal, too. If your family likes baked potatoes, you can do a baked potato with a bunch of different toppings. Very easy dinner. All you have to do is bake the potatoes and get the toppings ready. Potatoes pair really well with garlic, rosemary, thyme, any of your hearty winter herbs. They also pair well with smoky paprika, warming spices like nutmeg, cinnamon, cardamom, cumin, curry, leeks like I mentioned before. They also pair really well with spicy. So spicy sausage like chorizo or andouille sausage, because they are so mild, they they offset each other really well. I have a chorizo kale and potato frittata in the cooking club winter meal plan that's super tasty. We've made that a couple times as well. And then, of course, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are different than your white potatoes, but you can use them in basically the same way, but obviously they have a sweeter taste. So I like sweet potatoes thinly sliced or cubed and roasted. Cinnamon and cumin, much like carrots, is one of my favorite combinations for sweeter root vegetables. So that's a favorite for us for pretty much any fall main. We also really like mashed sweet potatoes, so they're really good sweet or savory savory. I will mash them up with some garlic and thyme and butter. Sweet, I will do a little bit of cinnamon and a little drizzle of honey and also a little bit of heavy cream or butter. Usually I just do one or the other. They're so creamy. They don't normally need 
milk or cream like white potatoes do, at least not as much. Of course, they're delicious in soups and stews, my sweet potato kale and beef stew I mentioned before, or sweet potato kale and chicken sausage soup. Those are favorites as well. Both of those are on the website. And baked sweet potatoes are really tasty as well. I like to do them in the air fryer. That's been my newest favorite thing. And my nine-year-old is loving them too. She loves when I make them. She'll just have one for lunch with some toppings on top. And sweet potatoes are super nutrient dense and really tasty. So I'm happy for her to do that. And they come together really quickly in the instant pot. By the time this airs, I believe my sweet potatoes, my baked sweet potatoes will be on the website as well. I have a sweet potato sloppy joe recipe that I just redid for the cooking club, and that one is really tasty. If you like sloppy joes, but you want a more nutrient-dense base, the sweet potato sloppy joe recipe is for you. And last but certainly not least, we can't talk about winter vegetables without talking about winter squash. And I recognize that I didn't mention turnip or rutabaga because I don't use them a ton, but they are also really great roasted or mashed as well if they are your thing. I've got to start, I've got to cook with some vegetables that I'm, I'm not comfortable cooking with. I know, that's my own challenge to myself. So certainly not least, winter squash. I love winter squash roasted. I love it stuffed. I love all winter squash, acorn, kabocha, delicata. They all pair really well with warming winter spices. So whether you're roasting them up in a medley or you're using butternut squash in my beef and butternut squash chili or my butternut squash coconut kale curry. Let's see, how else do I like to eat butternut squash? Oh, I love making, I will make a butternut squash sage pasta sauce. That one is really tasty. And you can use any butternut squash soup as well. You can use any of the winter squash I mentioned for that recipe as well. Butternut squash is just a little bit, uh, it's usually a little bit sweeter. And of course, we can't forget spaghetti squash. We do roasted spaghetti squash or spaghetti squash in the Instant Pot, which is faster, but I like roasting it. I like the texture better, to be honest. We like to use, um, to make my veggie bolognese and serve it over spaghetti squash. That's a go-to in our house as well. It's a good nutrient-dense pasta alternative. So those are some of the main vegetables that are available in the wintertime. Let's talk about some flavors and preparations that pair really well with winter foods. First and foremost, warming spices, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, ginger, cumin, cardamom, coriander, cloves, curry, pumpkin pie spice, ras al hanu, garam masala, any of those warming spices or warming spice blends are perfect with any of the winter vegetables I just mentioned. Winter herbs like sage, thyme, rosemary, super good with any of these as well. Of course, garlic, especially roasted garlic, goes really well with pretty much everything I mentioned. Acids. Acids are often needed to brighten up a dish like I mentioned at the end or to help break down meats like in a marinade or a braise. Citrus and vinegar or apple cider are perfect for these as well. So a lot of the hearty winter proteins that we will make, as long as they're not a plant-based protein, could use some acid to help to break them down. So I'm thinking stews and um, any sort of braises or roasts, things like that. Walnuts and pecans reign supreme for winter flavors. My rosemary walnut sheep pan salmon with potatoes is a cooking club recipe that is a favorite amongst my family. Um, legumes, of course, winter is a season for beans, I think. Beans and legumes, lentil soup, split pea soup, a hearty bean chili, black bean soup, 
I love beans in the wintertime, and so there's lots of those options. Um, I have a lentil soup that is a go-to, a slow cooker lentil soup on my website. Oh, I mentioned chickpeas a couple times as well. Those are great too, especially in curries. So good. I feel like beef and pork are the winter meats. That's my opinion. But especially braised beef and braised pork in stews and chili and pot roast. There's a Mississippi pot roast in the cooking club. My sweet potato kale and beef stew I've mentioned several times is a family favorite. That is on my website as well. My beef and butternut squash chili is on my website. I have a classic chili in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club, too. There's an apple cider glazed pork. If you still have apple cider available near you in the wintertime, it is really, really delicious. And we will use the leftover for barbecue pulled pork sweet potatoes, similar to those sweet potato sloppy joes I mentioned, but with pulled pork on top. Whole chicken or chicken thighs and drumsticks, heartier roasted preparations of chicken. I love bone-in skin on chicken thighs roasted with rosemary and garlic. Roast them at a high heat, like 400, 425 for about 40 minutes. You can either cook them alongside some vegetables uh, in the oven at the same time or have some mashed sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes on the side really or roasted roasted potatoes any of the roasted vegetables i mentioned or some sauteed greens would go really delicious with that we have a whole butter roasted chicken my sage apple chicken with my herb butter is on my website i will put that in the show notes as well and that one is a staple in our house we make it every couple of weeks and then we make broth afterwards for any of those soups and stews that we are making Maple and brown sugar is are both delicious in the wintertime, like acid. And like I've mentioned a couple times, sometimes the hearty winter vegetables and winter dishes need the help of a little sweetness to balance out the flavor. Remember, we have those five flavors. We have the sweet, we have salty, we have bitter, we have sour, and we have umami. And we need to balance flavors. We don't just want one flavor in our dishes. If something's too sweet, it's not appealing. If something is too bitter, it's not appealing. So we want to balance flavors. So maple and brown sugar are some of my favorite for the winter time. Of course, citrus fruits, citrus zest, and citrus juice, like I mentioned, or a combination of the two. And then anything slow cooked is my favorite preparation in the winter time. So a lot of what I've mentioned, soups, stews, chilies, braises. Those are the type of preparations I think of in the wintertime. So my winter flavor combination cheat sheet. You ready? Garlic, lemon, and kale. Pancetta or bacon, chard or collards, and red pepper flakes with a splash of apple cider vinegar. Broccoli, lemon zest, and parmesan or feta, bonus for a drizzle of hot honey. Carrots or sweet potatoes, cumin and cinnamon. Cauliflower and roasted garlic. Cabbage and apples and apple cider vinegar, bonus if you're sauteing up some onion first. Kale and spicy sausage and onion, or kale, spicy sausage, potatoes and onion. Potatoes, garlic, and rosemary cauliflower and garam masala, parsnips, garlic, and thyme, cauliflower, buffalo sauce, and blue cheese, citrus, honey, and cabbage, or mustard, honey, and cabbage, Brussels sprouts, bacon, and a honey mustard vinaigrette, 
and roasted potatoes and leeks. Try out any of those flavor combinations, and I pretty much promise you won't be disappointed. I hope you took notes and this gave you a ton of inspiration for winter meals these last few cooler months of the season. As always, click the link in the episode description for show notes and the recipes that I mentioned that are on the blog, as well as grab my printable winter in-season veggie chart that you can paste on your fridge. For more member-exclusive recipes, be sure to check out the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. There are over 70 recipes within the club and counting, many of which are members exclusive, weekly meal inspiration, bonus podcast episodes, cooking tips, and so much more starting at just $3 a month. So head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I am hungry, so I'm going to go grab a snack. Happy cooking, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Mommy's podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mention, head to HealthyMamaChris.com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at HealthyMamaChris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.